The Fast and the Curious is part of the Acast Creators Network. You enjoy it now. Hello, welcome back to The Fast and the Curious. I'm Betty Glover. We've got our resident F1 expert and geek, Christian Hugel, and of course, our team principal, Greg James. Um... Firstly, how are you both feeling? Because I'm still not over the weekend. I still haven't recovered. I feel sad that I'm not still in the paddock, honestly. I I really do. And can I just say, before we continue, (laughs) what a fantastic day, what an unbelievable weekend, and what a great final Silverstone episode, which you two did with Sam Ryder. (laughs) What a booking. I had to rush off back to London, but um, all of it was... Wow. Uh, did you, how did you find Sam as a co-host? I thought he was brilliant. I thought he was brilliant. I think he's going to be uh, your replacement from now on, to be honest, Greg. Like, <laughs> fine, watch your back, because Sam Ryder's coming in hot. <laughs> well, hello to any brand new listeners that we've picked up from Silverstone. The stats would say that we have. Uh, this is a, a podcast for you, F1 fans. No matter how much you know about the sport, how much you want to dig, dig into the detail, we've got you covered. We're going to hear from a fan who went to Silverstone for the first time. We're going to reflect on that Grand Prix, but we have breaking, breaking F1 news. Christian, would you like to deliver the news and talk about it in an excited way? Because it is pretty big. It's massive. It, it really is big news. It's exciting news for the sport because Daniel Ricciardo, who is back in AlphaTauri, is one of the biggest names in the sport. He's one of the biggest personalities in the sport. He replaces Nick de Vries from the Hungarian Grand Prix uh, weekend after next. And I firstly think we should talk about Nick, right? Because we're going to speak a lot about Daniel Ricciardo. And I've seen a lot of people on social media saying everyone's focusing on Daniel Ricciardo. And you can be pleased Daniel's back and simultaneously feel sorry for Nick de Vries, who is a driver that is supremely talented. He's won Formula 2. You don't do that without being really good. He's won Formula E, a hugely competitive racing series. He waited a long time for his F1 debut, and it it lasted 10 races. And you hear me say all the time, it's a brutal sport. Ladies and gentlemen, our first example of it in this podcast life Nick DeVries' Formula 1 career may well have lasted 10 races, and that is brutal. Let's talk about this big personality coming back, because he is a famous person. He is one of, these, one of those drivers, very, very few of them, that transcend the sport. Shall I tell you who I think is going to be the most excited by this prospect? It's got to be Netflix and Drive to Survive. You can just imagine them all being like, yes, come on, let's get him back. And you can just imagine exactly how they're going to sort of introduce him as well, can't you? Like, you can imagine him sliding into that seat and then being like, did you expect to be back this <laughs> soon? And then him giving some sort of like witty answer back so I can't wait personally it'll just be the smile it'll just be the big smile yeah (laughs) but for those who don't really know about him why is this a big deal that he's back driving and what do we what 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 do we get from Daniel Ricciardo in a car what what's what's his style like what's he like tell tell people who don't know much about him Christian there's two elements of Daniel Ricciardo as to why he's loved by fans and why the sport loves him let's pick up on what you said Greg first the car He's an exciting driving style. He used to say, lick the stamp and send it. So (laughs) he was known for being good under the brakes. So you said that at Silverstone a few times. Yeah. So he would. (laughs) When he wanted a drink at the bar, he would say, 
Let's let the stamp and send it. <laughs> Could you imagine the stick you lot would give me if I said anything like that? I'd n- never talk. <laughs> I think you should. You should. You should adopt that catchphrase as your own. I think it's fantastic. Hundred percent. I think I'll leave it to Danny Rick. Does that mean that he really goes for it? He's a he's a real all in yeah. kind of driver. He likes to be last of the late breakers. He's pulled off some stunning overtaking manoeuvres by being properly late on the brakes. Brave bold, dynamic driving. He's an exciting driver to watch and F1 needs that. That's one side. The other side is off the grid. To summarise, he's a right laugh. He is just funny. You know, the shoey, drinking champagne out of the sweaty shoe on the podium, making drivers laugh in interviews, pulling Lando Norris's chair away as he sits down to be interviewed by international media. He's fun. (laughs) And also, is this a practice run out for maybe getting a seat in the Red Bull? Yes. I don't believe this would have happened without Sergio Perez being on a terrible run of form. Mm. This is an every week thing on this pod at the moment. Will Red Bull win every race? The reason I don't think they will is because something will happen to Max at some point between now and the end of the season. Law of averages suggests, and Sergio just isn't there to pick up the pieces. Sergio has a contract for next season, and Red Bull keeps saying... We are not thinking about re- replacing Sergio Perez. I don't believe you. Can we talk about Nick de Vries, though? What's his future, do you think, Christian? Like, where is he going to be, you know, what what's going to happen to him? There are a few options. He's a talented racing driver, and there will be some that don't think he was given enough of a chance in Formula One. He was racing in a very uncompetitive car. He might well get another chance in Formula One. He's got links to Mercedes... He might well be a test driver at Mercedes, like we've seen with Mick Schumacher. He might well go back to Formula E, where he was a world champion before. You kind of mentioned um, Mercedes there, Christian. Have you guys seen that picture that's floating around on Twitter, by the way, of Nick de Vries sat down having a coffee with Toto Wolff? Toto Wolff does not waste any time, does he? <laughs> Blimey. It's a very pleasant scene. It's very holiday snap, is it? Is that in Monaco? Yes, yeah, in Monaco. Oh, lovely. What a life these millionaires live. I mean, Toto, potentially billionaire? Potentially. I mean, pretty, pretty, pretty wealthy. But they have, what a nice time. So they're just kicking back, having a espresso, maybe an affogato. Perhaps. Why, why not? But what, what, would that converse, what could that conversation be about? Could it be about being the test driver, do you think, Christian? I, I don't think at this stage that conversation is anything more than, are you, are you okay? Hun. <laughs> hun. Are, are you okay, hun? Toto Wolf likes Nick de Vries and Nick was part of the Mercedes setup as I just mentioned for a long time before he left at the end of last year to go to the Red Bull setup Mm. so I don't think at the moment it will be anything other than Toto checking up on a friend and one of his old drivers yeah just on that point we have got so many messages in our Instagram um they've literally exploded in response to this news fast curious pod on there and TikTok as well by the way if you want to send your thoughts to us give us a follow send us some messages um but one of those people that um sent us a message was Maddie McCosker um and she said how different will this be to Daniel at McLaren and Will they, Alpha Tori, just do the same thing to Danny Ricardo if he just doesn't perform? Red Bull, who own both teams, if a driver doesn't perform, gets rid. So yes, is the really simple answer to that. They don't mess about. How different will it be? I, I don't think any F1, F1 expert can answer that. The one thing I can say is that this is an awful car. <laughs> Alpha Tauri's car 
it, it, like if you look at the results this season, let's just now Yuki's been doing a better job, but in the last three races, fourteenth, nineteenth, sixteenth, Yuki Tsunoda's only scored two top ten finishes in Australia and Baku, and in one of those, Australia ninety percent of the cars crashed. So you know, and let we put it's pointless hiding away from this. They'd admit it. They don't want to be at the back of the grid. So they will need his experience to say, this is how you can improve your car. We have got a problem. Let's change our effing car. And also, it's a tricky car to drive. You know, McLaren had its problems last year and Daniel wasn't able to drive it as well as Lando. It's a lot of pressure on Daniel because if he struggled in the McLaren, he could well struggle in this. That said... When the Red Bull wasn't as quick as the Mercedes, go back years and years, he pulled in some storming performances. Which Daniel Ricciardo are we going to get? It's so exciting. This is what we want. There's so many things to watch out for in the next Grand Prix. How are the McLaren boys going to do after their incredible Silverstone? What's the... What's, how's Checo going to go again? Is he going to make up the ground between him and Max? What, how's Daniel Ricciardo going to go? I mean, not to be too rude, but we ain't going to miss Nick De Vries, are we? That's showbiz, I'm afraid. <laughs> that is, I'm afraid. That's just showbiz. It's just, that's just how it is. And also, Greg, to add to your list there, like that battle for the second quickest car, you know, there's nothing in it between Ferrari, between Mercedes, between Aston Martin. And now I don't think McLaren will be that quick every weekend. And that's not to say they've taken a step back if they're not as quick in Hungary. You know, certain cars, we're seeing this a lot this season, certain cars are quicker on certain circuits. So we know that McLaren like a faster circuit. Hungary's a tight and twisty circuit. So we don't know who's going to be battling for the podium positions. It It's really fascinating. Williams are up there. Williams have scored points. You know, Alex keeps getting points. Fascinating. It's a really, really, really fascinating season. The only thing we know for sure in this season is that Max Verstappen's quickest. Aside from that, everything's up for grabs. Just to round off this little segment before we chat to a listener who is at Silverstone, do you want to talk about your special bits of audio that you got hold of, Christian? Well... McLaren had a great weekend, second and fourth, and Oscar would have had third if it wasn't for the safety car. Unbelievable effort from the drivers, unbelievable effort from the team, and an unbelievable effort from the fans. On Sunday night, me and producer Jimmy were trying to get to sleep, and we were still hearing Lando Norris chants at two o'clock in the morning on the campsites. And also, on the main stage on Sunday evening, Oscar Piastri has his own chant. The the support for McLaren from the British Grand Prix fans were huge. So I wondered if the drivers would have anything to say to the fans about that mad support. And it turns out they did. Hey, Fast and the Curious. Uh, My first British Grand Prix. What a weekend it was for everyone involved at McLaren. Crazy, crazy weekend. Love the atmosphere as well. Uh, Yeah, I think some of those times on the fan stage... Uh, with people chanting my name. I never thought I'd have a British crowd chanting my name, but uh, there you go. That was another pleasant surprise for the weekend. So uh, really, really enjoyed it. Big thank you to all the fans. I know it was a very exciting weekend for the Papaya Army. So um, yeah, hopefully we can keep that going and uh, looking forward to the British Grand Prix next year. Cheers. It's Lando here. I just wanted to send a massive, massive thank you to each and every single one of you who made the weekend as incredible as it was. Uh, definitely it's not the same without any of the support and any of the cheers and 
anything that you guys do. So um, really from the bottom of my heart was uh, one of the best days slash weekends of my life. Uh, so I just want to say a massive thank you. Uh, thanks for coming. If you were there, if you watched on TV and you're cheering, thank you very much. Thank you guys and have an amazing day. That's great. It just rounds off a brilliant few days. I felt like we were floating with them. It was a, a oh. true honour to be in that McLaren garage as they were putting in those performances and to be around the teams. It was just unbelievably exciting. If you saw Cara Delevingne on the grid, we were all the exact opposite of her. <laughs> uh, we, we were so <laughs> grateful to be there. We were so happy to be there. And it was a real magical moment for us as humans but also for the podcast i was so so chuffed for that weekend and thanks to everyone that came out to see us on the stages and who's followed us on socials and stuff and um and are listening brand new listeners to the podcast hello welcome to mid-season it's mid-season pretty much isn't it yeah well no it pretty much is yeah exactly yeah. And, and just to say as well if you were at silverstone at the weekend and you were screaming for your favorite driver Lando and Oscar didn't have to send us those messages. That's in their downtime. You know, we asked the team, said, look, would they like to? And the response was, yes, no, they would really like to. It shows you how much the boys appreciate that support. And we saw, didn't we, guys, as well, when we were having a little poke around Alpine, that Esteban Ocon has little fan printouts of fan messages in his little room that they have in the in the motorhomes. The drivers so much appreciate the support they get at these tracks. So yeah, Lando and Oscar were so grateful for their roaring reception from the British Grand Prix crowd, as were we. If you came to see our live shows and asked for pictures with me, Greg and Betty and got us to sign caps, it was just mind-blowing for us. So thanks for everyone who came to see us. We had a nice time, didn't we, Betty? We did. We had a lovely time. And I'm buzzing for Lando's grandparents as well because they were there watching, living every single second and every single moment with them in the garage. And I can just imagine that their little faces are so happy. And we mentioned the supporters at Silverstone who were screaming for the McLaren and the Mercedes boys and who came to see us as well, which was lovely. One of those people who experienced Silverstone was Corin. Hey, Corin. Hello. Corin, welcome to the Fast and the Curious. I remember meeting you after the show. Yeah, we came along to the main stage. Um, I think it was just after F3 because uh, we was really excited because uh, we love your podcast and Gunther Steiner as well, obviously. Obviously. Oh, what a legend he is. The big thing that me and you have in common, I believe that was your first time at a race in person. It was my first time at a race in person. I honestly could not get over it at all. I'm still not over it. It was like a massive festival, bigger than Glastonbury, you can tell by the way I'm speaking, I'm still not over Silverstone. How are you feeling? I'm also still not over Silverstone, emotionally or physically. <laughs> um, <laughs> emotionally. It, it was just so much more than I thought it was going to be. I mean, you know, obviously I've seen online people have been before, but this was like my first time going. Um, I went with a group of the girls and yeah, it was, I said, if anyone said to me, like, how would you describe Silverstone? I would say it's a festival with some racing. It's not like anything I've ever experienced before. Yeah, I would completely sum it up like that as well. It was just so intense, so ridiculous. What was your favourite part? To be honest, I, I loved every second of it. Um, my favourite part, um, I loved being with the girls. That 
that was great. It's sort of like added to the experience as well, being there with all your friends and everything. Corinne, let me interrupt you because it's not just any group of girls, is it? Explain who you were there with. Okay, so um, I run like an online community for girls who love F1 and motorsports. It's called Girls Across the Grid. Um, there was actually 280 of us there. <laughs> so 280? <laughs> Could you find everybody? Because I'm not joking, if I lost Christian or Greg, like I was lost, I was on my own. I was in the wilderness, it was so big. No, and th- there's so many people that was there and I wanted to meet everyone, but it did make it hard because I think there was so much going on. Everyone wanted to be doing different things at the same time, you know. I think there was the drivers in stage, you had the main stage, you then had the race on the track you had events going on throughout the day I wanted to meet everyone I couldn't but yeah being there with that many girls it it made a whole it made a difference to it and it made it really nice it felt like a little girls weekend away with a bunch who just love racing at the same time Corin what was Silverstone like and and the sort of Grand Prix experience like compared to what you thought it would be it was less serious I hope that makes sense. It does. It makes total sense. You watch it on telly and it does seem all quite serious when you're watching it on the screen and they're all talking about, you know, strategy this, strategy that, blah, blah, blah and stuff. But I think with the whole like festival side of it, I've been to festivals before and I I honestly just was not expecting any of it. And there was so much to do outside of just sitting there and watching the racing. And yeah, it was the festival atmosphere. Everyone was so happy. Everyone was so chilled. And it was just so like carefree as well. But we also all love the racing. (laughs) It's so funny that you say that. I spoke to somebody that said that they were so hungover on like, I think it was the Saturday that they fell asleep on their rucksack and missed all of Saturday's racing because they were just (laughs) lying there asleep. I was like, how does that happen? Firstly, it is so loud. How do you miss the racing and fall asleep throughout? that but they must have had a really big night but I love that for them I I can't even lie to you I fell asleep did you (laughs) amazing is that because there'd been a couple of drinks the night before possibly Karen yeah I mean I I think with the concerts and stuff they weren't finished (laughs) until like half 10 at night and then a couple of times like we ended up in the Mahiki after party and I wasn't getting back to my tent until like one in the morning and then I was getting up at like six to make sure like I could get to the track on time. And my, my friend's got like two pictures of me on separate days, just like with, with my head down in my camping chair. <laughs> that is amazing. The one thing that you did watch though, Corinne, was you were literally right there and saw Max overtake Lando right in front of you. What was that experience like? Because I was standing next to Christian and when that moment happened, Christian literally, like his jaw dropped open to the floor. It was like, he couldn't believe what he was watching. Couldn't believe it. It was the atmosphere. Cause I I think every everyone was cheering for Lando. It was, you know, his home race. It was a British crowd. And obviously, bear in mind, most of the people there, I think, were Lewis Hamilton fans. Everyone is a Lewis Hamilton fan. But everyone sort of, like, had this common, you know, we want Lando to hold this first. And when he overtook it, there, there was the screaming. Like, the whole atmosphere of it was just absolutely unreal. And my friend actually got it on camera as well. And she was like, I'm going to treasure this for like the rest of my life (laughs) (laughs) but no it was the whole atmosphere of it I mean we was gutted like I was gutted for him I mean I think we was all expecting it to happen it was going to happen at some point but like it happening right in front of us as well I think I loved seeing it because I was like this is this is like a pivotal moment of the race and like I've just witnessed it with my own eyes 
yeah, the, the whole atmosphere of it. It was like everyone was like sharing this common sadness, like, oh no, Lando. <laughs> Corinne, we're so glad you enjoyed it. And I'm guessing you've got the bug now. I'm guessing there'll be more races. Yes, 100%. I think we're already planning Silverstone next year. Good. Are you? <laughs> I did always have a look at my bank balance and I was like, are there any more I could fit in this year? Like, I want to go see Daniel Ricciardo race. <laughs> big news. It's the big one. Yeah, I'm trying to see what I can fit in. Um, for the rest of the year <laughs> Corin, great to talk to you really appreciate you coming on and we will speak to you soon and we'll see you next year at Silverstone lovely thank you for having me thank you to Corin. if you're wondering where Greg went by the way we've spoken many times on the podcast about his poorly dog Barney Barney needed some attention all fine but Greg disappeared off. It's not him and Corin haven't had a fallout or anything. I thought we should make that clear that Greg hadn't just disappeared when he saw Corin. Yeah, they definitely didn't fall out. Um, <laughs> Christian, I've loved doing this episode with you and Greg before he left. What's next? What What's our next mission? The Hungarian Grand Prix next on the 23rd of July, of course, a race that's now taking on extra significance and importance with the return of Daniel Ricciardo. Uh, we'll be back to talk about that. We'll, of course, be back after the Hungarian Grand Prix as well. And we always want your questions. What Mr you about the world of F1. What would you like to know from me, Greg and Betty? Uh, you can get in touch on the socials at Fast Curious Pod or you can email us, Betty Glover. Yeah, you can. Fast and curious at acast.com and let us know what you're thinking ahead of Hungary. Christian, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Once again, thanks so much if you came to see us at Silverstone and thanks to the team at Silverstone as well for looking after us so well. Me, Betty, Greg and producer Jimmy will be back very soon. Like and subscribe if you can. And if you subscribe, you get to know when our episodes drop because we could pop up at any moment when there is breaking news like we've had this week. We'll be back very soon. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.